Hello, everyone. I'm Garrett Reisman. And I'm Mike Massimino. And together, we are two funny astronauts. Or so we hope. And remember, we're not claiming to be funny people. We're claiming to be funny astronauts. So hold us against that standard. Right. It's a low bar. It's a low bar. Low bar. <laughs> All right. And today, we're going to be talking more advanced survival. We're going to be talking about Cold Lake Canada. Cold, Cold Lake, Lake Canada. Canada. Remember that place, Mass? You know, Garrett, when I first heard about Cold Lake Canada and they told me I was going there, I was really hoping that it was like a, a like a, a misnomer, that they named it in, you know, like we lived in Clear Lake City, Tex, Clear Lake, Texas. Yeah. That lake was anything but clear. You know what, you it know what my wife- It was a very you know my, muddy place. And I was, you know, I was hoping, geez, maybe they yeah. did the same thing. But no, they named you know, that place exactly- <laughs> The way it was, it was cold. It was a lake. It was cold. You know, you know what my wife called uh, Clear Lake. What she called that place in in Houston, she called it uh, Lake Opaque. <laughs> <laughs> you could not yeah. see in that. Yeah, that's yeah. There you go. So, but it turns but Clear out the Lake, Cold Lake is Cold, cold. Lake was cold. It was yeah. very cold. I was hoping very that cold. it might be the same thing from Clear Lake, but no, it was cold. They named yeah. it correctly. Super cold. And, yeah. uh, and we're up there with these badass Canadian Army dudes. But you know what? Even though yeah. they were really badass Canadian Army guys, they were still very polite because, after all, they're still Canadian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> For badasses, they were, they were polite. But they, they were an impressive group of guys, I thought. Uh, yeah. Very, very impressive mustache. Uh, we had this guy, Colin Norris. Colin yeah. Norris was our leader. Did you have that guy? I think it's the you same have, guy. I remember Sergeant the Norris. Yeah, 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 yeah Sergeant yeah. Norris. Yeah. The he guy, was great. Yeah, I'll never he took forget his that job guy. very seriously. Yeah, he did, but he was great. You know, he was. Very, it was good. But there, we should talk a little bit about why we were doing it. It wasn't just you know haphazard stuff. There was some reason to doing this, and it was it really. Now this is a little bit different. I would say, Garrett, it's not survival training because they gave us food, right? So <laughs> I think the difference between survival training and this stuff was fortune. Go out and find your own food. Good luck. You know, they, this is how you catch a bunny or whatever, and or that, snake. Not just this food. They gave us. They gave us sleeping bags. And tents. Right. There's way yep. more than I had in Russia. And they gave us like stoves that we can light up stoves and a heater. Yeah. Uh, so we had a, you know, we had equipment to try to keep alive. It was, it was, it was much more civilized, really. It was, a, it was more. It would, we didn't have it, but we had to deal with a lot of other hardships. And and we were because you know, they were doing it on purpose, I think, to us because the, the idea. I think they were trying to expedite the uh, the the stress and crankiness that yeah. would come because. In space, it might take, we were talking about this on another episode, it might take a while for people to get cranky. Like, you know, you're up there for a few months. It might not happen right away. You know, in a short amount of time, anybody can be happy, you know, for a week or so. But after that, you might start getting a little cranky. They were trying to speed that up by uh, having us be cold and not, not letting us get very much sleep. We had to wake up in the middle of the night and go on these, like, errands and take measurements and move camp. So we were not getting very much sleep when we were up there, and we were we were cold, and it was just somewhat at and, times and, not not very comfortable, and that would sort of uh, ex accelerate the crankiness right. that they were looking for. And we realized that, that now that we're doing these long duration missions on the space station, uh, you know, not that uh, not that being on the space station was as cool as going to Hubble or anything, but you know, if, no. if you're going to do this no. long duration thing on the <clears throat> space station, um. 
that you needed to be able to play nice with others, right? That was the thing. And, and so the, we figured, okay, we should train for this. And that was why we started doing these things like Cold Lake. And we'll talk uh, some other time about Knowles. We did this, these things that learned how to basically how to play nice with others, just like you were taught in kindergarten, but it's important. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, uh, we're, and I think we're, we're looking out for each other too. I think yeah. sometimes I didn't do this with my crewmates. <clears throat> the, I did the Knowles with my crewmates. But um, but I think we were trying to we we're trying to recognize um, things in in your in your fellow uh, your, your fellow crewmates for the exercise anyway. Uh, what was making them irritable? If they needed sleep, if they were needed food, if they were dehydrated, and then you were trying to recognize those those things in yourself too, like when right. you weren't feeling well, because you want to uh, ha- exhibit good expedition behavior. Was the yeah, idea so- here? You want to be a good expedition crew member here. Exactly. And we didn't really focus on that during the shuttle program, because when you're up on a shuttle flight, like you said, for a couple of weeks, you can get along with almost anybody. And people think that all astronauts are, are like super nice. And, and I got to say, the vast majority are. I, I have a you know, there were I had a lot of really good experiences, but not all. Of them. At least at least at least the two funny astronauts. Oh, yeah, we're nice. But there, but but you know, but there were some jerks. All right. We, 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 we messed up. We picked some jerks. And and um uh, you you want, you want to name any names, Mass? You got any any anybody you want I'm to say? I'm thinking of them. I'm thinking <laughs> of them, and you can read my mind. You know who I'm talking about. You know who you are. I'm thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you can get along with people like that if you just have a week or two. But for six months, forget about it. It'd be a disaster. So we did this cold lake thing, and we go up there, and now we're with these army guys from Canada, and uh, we're out there, and it's cold. It was like I, I, we we got down to like minus I think down to like into the minus twenties minus uh, almost minus thirty. It got it got really cold. cold. We're north we're like right. north of the Arctic Circle. We can see like the northern lights. It's beautiful, right? It was amazing, but it was cold. That's for yeah. sure. I remember they gave yeah, us I, really the, the, all, of all the equipment. The thing I loved the most were these mucklucks. They gave us these. Those these are, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember? They can't like this. It was minus thirty yet, but my feet were toasty warm because we had this awesome pair of a super advanced Arctic footwear. They had like these insulating layers in there and like little pads and things. And I want, yeah. I was like, where can I get a pair of these? I want to buy a pair. I, I was talking to yeah. the instructors, like I want to take a pair home as a souvenir. And they're like, what are you going to do with these in Houston? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, and I'm like, well, I go skiing. Like, How long is the walk from the yeah. end of the hill to the hot tub? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you really need this yeah. Arctic footwear for that? So I didn't. I didn't. They were her. cool, though. I think it was more of a fashion statement. Yeah, you know, they were very cool. Like, they were like these white things. It's just, I remember seeing them in the movie Patton. I think mm-hmm. they were wearing like when they're going through the going, yeah, you know, going to wherever they were going to the Battle of the Bulge or something, and they're I mean, walking think, through the snow. I think that's what it was like. What Luke Skywalker was wearing on the ice <laughs> yeah, planet. Yeah, yeah, Hoth, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, so they were Star cool Wars. boots. That's what. That's what you should have said. I want to look cool, man. I don't care about the warmth. Yeah, I want to look cool wearing these things around town. Yeah, you wear that around Houston, and 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 your y- your feet would just sweat off. They just your feet would melt. But you would look cool. Yeah, it'd be a fashion state. You would, yeah, you would look. You would yeah, that's cool. some interesting. Yeah, they had some interesting gear there. I remember finding out about this. I think maybe one or two groups had gone already. Uh, this was you know we did these things early on in our astronaut careers, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Nancy Curry, who was uh, my branch chief, we were assigned to these different branches. After you completed your initial training to work technical issues, and Gary and I were both in the robotics branch together, I think that's right for a while. Nancy yeah, was Nancy a great. Nancy was our boss, yeah. And Nancy was was a great boss uh, for for both of us, Garrett. I know she really was very helpful. I know 
for, for me, and I know as well for you, she was a great person to have in our corner uh, yeah, in, in the fantastic. office. And yeah, she was great to work for and good friend. I ended up flying in space with her. And she came up to me. It was right after, you know, they had those Monday morning meetings. And uh, I think they just had a staff meeting or something she came out of because she was a robotics chief. And, and Charlie Precourt was the chief of the office. And she comes up to me. She goes, hey, I just kind of volunteered you for something. I'm like, what <laughs> might that be? And she goes, Cold Lake. I'm going, are you kidding me? I'm going to Cold Lake. She goes, yeah, I think it'd be great because you're going to go there with Precourt, who is the uh, chief of the office, oh, right? No. Charlie was... And I go, yeah. now I know you're nuts. There's no mm. way. You know, I'm not, a, I'm not an outdoors person. You, know, you grew up in New Jersey. I grew up in New York. We didn't know. You know, it's cold. We go inside. You know, we know how to deal with the cold. Right. I'm not going to go out there and live out there and that stuff. And uh, yeah, she's like, no, it'll be great. You'll get to know Charlie and you'll get this training. And, you know, it's really good visibility for you. And like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That's going to be terrible. So, uh, and she goes, oh, and you're leaving like, Tomorrow. It's like the next day we're leaving. Yeah. I think what happened is someone had to drop out. I don't know. It was like Steve Robinson sticks in my head. Someone like that <laughs> had to drop out like for, for some reason. He was and in, I was branch, like, he was in our branch too. He, he, he was on a branch. I guess that's what yeah. it says. We want another one of your yeah. branch members to go up there. He probably had something important to do. And like, well, take him. So she thought this was a career opportunity for me. And um, <laughs> yeah, I remember going, I was like, I don't know if that, how this is going to work out. But actually, it was kind of fun. I think, you know, a lot of things that we uh, experience, you just have to say yes to. You know, it's like, I don't know if this is going to be, you know, I wouldn't volunteer for that necessarily. But having been volunteered, it ended up being an interesting experience. And going up there with Charlie Precourt, who was the chief, I didn't really know him very well. But mm -hmm. uh, after about, I think what it was, it was like after, after like five minutes or so together with him, I thought the guy was hilarious. He was from Boston, and he was really a funny guy. <laughs> and we got along really, it was like right away. It was like, I think what it was, I'm standing next to him and we were exchanging money in Canada. And as soon as we, we arrived, right, we, we landed, I think they flew us up to, we had a lot of stops. It mm -hmm. wasn't like you could just fly to Cold Lake. No, we went to, to I think, Winnipeg. I think we yeah. went to Edmonton and then Winnipeg and then we there had to take no... a dog sled. It was, then, it was like come crazy thing. There was like no way to like really get there. Helicopter into the site. Yeah. But I get to that Cold Lake Air Force Base. I think we had to take some a military plane. But somewhere along the line, they were like, okay, this is the last civilized place you're gonna be in. Go, mm -hmm. you know, if you, you know, do whatever you gotta do. So I was gonna exchange some money. And Charlie's next to me, and I hand in, I don't know, uh, some money in a in an American. You say it was it wasn't 20, but it was like 20 bucks or 50 bucks. I get 50 bucks. And I got like 75 bucks back, right? Because <laughs> it's Canadian. Yeah, and I go. I go. Wow, look at this! And I said to the guy, "This is like going to the track. You know, you hand the guy some money, and you get more back." And Charlie, and Charlie started cracking. He thought this was funny. Like you're laughing. I was like, "I like this guy." So Charlie and I uh, became pretty good friends. And we had. Uh, it was mainly he was the only guy that had flown. Never mm -hmm. mind being the chief of the office. And it was a bunch of my classmates, my uh, my my sardine astronaut class of uh, 1996 classmates with me and and Charlie and. We went on this adventure out there in, in Cold Lake and got this really great training from uh, from Sergeant Colin Norris, who Sergeant was the, Norris. the, the so our, yeah, Colin our, Norris. He was the I, he was the lead guy, Sergeant Norris, out of these Canadian Army guys. Yeah, yeah. So on our trip, our senior astronaut was Mike Lopez Alegria, Mike L.A. Oh, cool. Right? Yeah. And I was a little intimidated by him because he was a pretty senior guy. I mean, he wasn't chief of the office like pre-corps, but it, you know. I, I knew he was, you know, he had flown a bunch of times. He had done all kinds yeah. of stuff. And he also, you know, he was this Mike Lopez Alegria. He That's had a fancy this, like, name. 
is a fancy I don't know. name. I'm thinking about that name. Was that, you think that was his? Think that was his real name? I'll tell you something. That's so a he pretty makes a big fancy deal about, about being born in Madrid and being like this this yeah. international man of mystery, which he is. Yes. All right. Yes. But, he is. He speaks every here's language. Thing. Here's the thing. He grew up in Orange County. He grew up right down the road down here <laughs> in like Mission Viejo, <laughs> not Madrid. Okay. And, and it, it's like it's like the, the you know the OC or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I remember finding out where he grew up, and I'm like, oh man, you're like suburban Southern California. You're no international man of mystery. <laughs> but. There's some Boston connection too, isn't there? A Boston yeah, connection. Yeah, his, 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 I think his mother's family is from Boston. There, so there's a connection I mean, there yeah. too. He's a big yeah, Red Sox yeah. fan, which was problematic. But but anyway, yeah. um, we'll get into baseball some other day. But um, but he's so he's our guy, and I'm like a little intimidated. I think we all were, and so like on day four or five out there in the field, you know, you're out there, you know, you you don't change your clothes, you don't take a shower or anything. You're out there surviving for all this time and after like several days of this like half a week or so he started developing a pretty prominent zit like a pimple like right on the, on the tip of his nose a pretty big honking one right and we're all like you know should we say anything <laughs> what do you do right <laughs> so, it was part of the it was part of the exercise i think it was so 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 I'm, I'm, we didn't really do i actually we didn't talk to each other i i, I was just thinking to myself like you know should i say something so finally I'm I'm staring right at this thing. I can't. It's like it's like that Austin Powers with the mole. It's like mole, mole, mole. I'm like staring right at this massive zit on this international man of mystery's face. And I finally said, uh, "Hey, uh, uh, L.A., I got to tell you, um, you got a big zit on your nose." <laughs> you and, you know, we should point he, out there's he, really no way for him to know that because right. there's no mirrors. No, there's no. So he, like, there's no bathroom. You're he, out you know, there he, in the, the middle, and no, no, the only thing you're gonna, no, you can't see yourself. No, no, you felt tell you. it. You, you would never know. You would never know. Yeah. And, and, and he goes, he looks at me, he goes, Reisman, you said what? I was like, yeah, you, you got this huge zit on your nose. And, and, and he goes, wait a minute. And he pulls out like the back of a canteen or something reflective. And he looks down and he feels it, this massive thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he goes, he looks right at me. He goes, thank you. And then he turns around to the <laughs> yeah. rest of the astronauts. He goes, why did none of you have the courage? <laughs> <to> <laughs> It's part of the so, test. You got to tell your buddy. Yeah, why the minute you? Oh, I don't know. And then, and that, 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 from that moment on, we were like best friends, and 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 we were, ended up being on a backup crew together. The two of us, yeah. LA and I, we lived in Star City, Russia, uh, for years, like training together, having a great time. We had all kinds of adventures, and to this day, we're still really close. I think it's all because I was the only one who had the guts to tell me I had a big zit on. All right, it could have been it could have been TJ Kramer doing all that stuff. With LA, who was he on a trip with you? No, it could have been someone else from your class that could have done it. <laughs> yes, but but I t- I, t- I think LA would like would like this. Mike LA would like this program, Garrett. Remember we went to that baseball game with him. He took us to a he went to we went to a Mets we went to a Mets oh. game with him. I think and he got yes. us t- he got the tickets and he wanted yeah. the two of us to go, and he said he wanted to sit in between us so he could hear us talk <laughs> to each other. But he wanted to be. I was like, I'll, I'm treating for the tickets. But you each have to sit on either side of me. So I'm going to hear. I want to entertain hear your conversation. me. You have to entertain me. Yeah, you yes, have to entertain whole... me. That's what we did. So, uh, Mike, uh, you can listen to us all the time now. Just listen I to think the Mike, Mike, Mike would be a fantastic guest on the he show. Would. When, eventually, someday we'll have guests on the show, and I think he'd be awesome. So, um, yeah, I think Mike would be. He's a also very he's good guy. he's going to command the very first private space flight to yeah. the space station coming up here, and uh, yeah. less than a year from now. Yeah, so, we should. So we got to get him before he leaves, maybe, and maybe after. Well, you, you think uh, well, 
you, you think it's risky? <laughs> Why are we no, no. Get before? <laughs> no, no. I didn't mean that. You're Just worried. to see if he's excited. That was are you feeling. worried about this? Uh, no, no. But that's that's probably another episode. But uh, you know, <laughs> I'm thinking my. Uh, it's a whole nother episode, but it reminds me of like my, uh, when I was my first flight, I was asking my family what they want me to fly for them. Uh-huh. And I asked my brother and I go, Joe, do you want me to fly anything in space for you? And he's like, I don't know, like what? I go, I don't know, like, you know, like a, you know, a watch or a piece of jewelry or something. And he goes, well, I've got grandpa's watch. But what if I don't get it back? <laughs> I go, don't worry. Uh, don't worry about it. I'll give it to you. I'll give it, but I'm not going to steal your watch. And he goes, no, no, if I don't get it back. I go, well, you know, they're going to give it back to me. No one's going to, a bunch of kleptomaniacs. You know, I'm going to hand it in. They're going to, he goes, no, 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 no. Like, what happens if you don't come back either? I go, then you have bigger problems. What are you worried about the watch for? You know, he's like, well, what about the watch? You know? It was his grandfather's so, watch, man. I mean, you're, 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 you're I'm sure he, yeah. I'm sure he valued his relationship with you, but hey, it's his grandfather's watch. Right. I when mean, it comes time, it's, it's my <laughs> grandfather, too. So I guess I could have understood. Yeah. Well, we were talking about Cold Lake. Yes. And, we uh, were. So part of that journey, we talked about, we stopped, I don't know, it was like Winnipeg, Edmonton, whatever those places are. Then we get on some kind of other kind of, and then we bust for a while. When we get out to this lake, that's very cold. And they did the exercise in the winter, so it was cold there. And they trained us on how to do this stuff for, for a few days, like how to, make a, how to make a fire out there. And, and we always, and the tents we had, had no bottom. There's no floor to the no. tent. So you slept in the snow, and uh, you would freeze to death, apparently. So you always had to have a fire going inside the tent, which mm-hmm. meant, and the fire was a, was a, was a stove. At least that's Gas what we stove, had. Yeah. It wasn't like a raging yep. fire. The thing would catch. So it was a stove that was going for heat. And so you had to have a fire watch. And I yes. can't remember what the intervals were. I Maybe, you know, an hour or two hours, and you'd wake the next guy up, and you're yeah. trying to sleep in that, you know, you're trying not to go to sleep in there, and the place stunk because of fires inside, and you're freezing. Cause even with that fire, it was cold in the snow. And then we had to get up every once in a while to take measurements of the dew point or whatever it was. Yeah, all these they things had to were, take like weather. There was just harassment. There was no. It was a. It was that, a lot yeah. of harassment, and mm-hmm. you know, like I said, I wasn't necessarily outdoorsman here, and it was so <laughs> cold. We had we had these GPS things, but that was like cheating to use a GPS. But it didn't matter anyway because the batteries would go cold. The batteries mm-hmm. were so cold. The thing was so cold it wouldn't work. So the batteries yep. you had to keep the batteries. I remember on the inside, mm-hmm. so we could so we would warm them up so they would they would work. And uh, Lee Morin and I were sent out to do something one day. Like they said, mm-hmm. go over here. I remember it was like a Sunday afternoon. It was a nice day. It was freezing, but it was sunny out. <laughs> and they said, go over here to this thing and get whatever it is and come back. And Lee and I are out there for a while, and we, we don't know where the hell we are. You know, so we're kind of following. We don't know where we're going. And they were like, oh, let's go back to We end up, we find our footsteps again. What we did, we went in circles. And then completed. It's like a, if we tried to do it, we couldn't. We were going. To, so wow. things like that. Things like that kept happening, and uh, Greg Shamatov was with us, who's one mm-hmm. of your uh, classmates on yeah, this thing. Yeah, Taz. His call sign and, Taz, uh, Taz, yeah. yeah, his nickname was Taz. And he was a real out. I think he was an Eagle Scout, and he was a real outdoorsman. He probably was. Taz yeah. was. And I knew him I knew him from college. I know from from graduate school. We were at MIT together in grad school. And uh, so we were friends there, and then he was in your class, astronaut class after mine. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, we are this Colin Norris, this guy, this, this Colin Norris was this, you know, this badass sergeant guy. He was the leader and he was great telling us all these things. And he comes up to me and he says, uh, that's Amino, come here. And it's about, about five, you know, five, about three in the afternoon, four in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. He goes, 
at uh at 0200 in the morning at 2 a.m you pick one of you and you pick one of your classmates uh one of your crewmates and you're going to walk across the lake to these coordinates and uh pick up this stuff you know we had to pick up water and food Cargo, whatever it is. So, yeah yeah get this Supply. stuff at this at this exact location you have to get there before this time and then you're going to walk back across the lake right and i say mm-hmm. walk across the lake and he <laughs> says yes and i go are you sure that's safe he says, what do you mean i go you know i don't want to fall in and he looks that- at me and he start, and he bangs his foot like bang 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 and he goes you do realize you're standing on the lake right now <laughs> we're on this frozen lake. you know and i'm like so then so then I'm like, all right, I, I guess that it'll thing, be, that, that, uh, that be... thing's been frozen solid since like the Pleiocene yeah. era. Yeah, it's been yeah. right. It's it's never been. It's, it's not like a lake you're going to go boating on. It's you know, it's, it's always across ice. This lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's always it's ice. He goes, you're really just standing on it right now. Yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, that's a good point. And I'd say two in the morning. I go, it has to be two in the morning. He goes, yes, two in the morning. And I go, what's it going to look like out there on a the lake at two in the morning? He goes, close your eyes. So I listen. I close my eyes. That's what it's going to look like. So, so he says, choose somebody. Let me know who it is. You know, you take a minute and tell me who you want to go with. So I pick Shamatov because he's <laughs> why'd the you, guy. Why did you pick Shamatov? Why? Because Shamatov was this outdoorsman, and yeah, I didn't want to get lost. I didn't want to yeah. get lost, and if if we got attacked by a bear, I wanted him to take care of it. He but was you the guy. Take, you should take pre-court because if you get lost, they're going to rescue the chief of the office. Shamatov, who you know, who cares? <laughs> I wanted to live. Charlie right. Precourt was from right. Boston, and he was good for life. We went on our other excursions during the day. We could see see a little better. Yeah. We had a we we were like that was the fun thing. This was you know this I was worried about you know whatever. I needed someone who could who could help me out there in case we encountered some wild animal or something. And so he and I we walked across this thing. You know we pulling sleds over across and everything. And on the way on the way back. It hit me. You said what a beautiful area this was on the, and it was kind of miserable up to that point. I was my, my feet I had a bit of uh, my feet had gotten wet, and so I had some a uh, bit of like frost nip going on, and and it was really cold. I remember when they dropped us off in that helicopter. You remember that they, they dropped oh, they yeah. helo you into this place, mm-hmm. and it was like a Saturday afternoon. Or I don't know something like this where we after a few days of training we're in this we got helicoptered in there, and I realized it was the sun was out. It was the middle of the day and the sun was out and I was freezing. And I realized <laughs> it's not going to get warmer. This is as warm as it is. This is and I realized I was going to be yeah. cold. I was always going to be cold. I was yeah. cold the entire time. And then, so, so I, Shamatov and I picked this stuff up. Now, we, we picked this stuff up. And as we're, as we're coming back, uh, and, and this was about halfway through the exercise, I mean, Shamatov had rigged up a shower for himself. Like I wasn't gonna do any shower. I was just like, I just want to live. I'm not gonna clean my he's like shower. Showering. You're doing it. Get out of your mind. It's freezing uh. out here. But I remember coming back with Greg and and uh like I said, I'd known him for a long time. I said, Greg, just wait, just stop. We stopped right in the middle of the lake. It was this beautiful, clear night. We looked up and we could see all the stars, and it was so quiet. It was just it was just beautiful. And we could see the trees on the outline of the lake, and all we could hear mm-hmm. was like each other breathing. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden the whole experience changed right there. And I think that's yeah. really the Part of this training was not learning how to get along, but also appreciating the opportunities you have. And for me, yeah. it happened. You know, after all this misery, the the last half of it really was was quite fun. I, I found. 
as I kind yeah. of just embrace that. Well, this is a pretty cool thing. I, I look back on all these experiences, no matter how tough it was at the time or how much harassment there was, it, it does it does bring back a lot of good memories. And and yeah. I look back very fondly at all of these. But I had a similar uh, experience, so I had to go off and uh, do some reconnaissance. Same, it was we weren't picking up supplies. We had to get up really early and go in advance of the whole team and scout out a proper place oh, to yeah. set camp. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so it was myself and, and a Russian cosmonaut, Sergei Volkov. Okay. Who, and Sergei would later be my commander on, on the ISS. So it, mm-hmm. it, it, I don't, I think it was just coincidence, but we ended up, it was the first time I ever met him was he flew in straight from Moscow. Actually, he just finished a Russian winter survival and then they sent him right to Cold Lake. <laughs> Poor bastard. <laughs> <laughs> we did him back to back. So he shows up in, in, in Cold Lake and I meet him for the first time. And now we got to go do this reconnaissance uh, uh, mission. So the two of us set off and we had to go find this coordinate. It's the first time we actually got to the lake. So we're in a deep wooded area up until now. And we break out kind of the same thing. We see this big expanse frozen lake. And, and it was like all of a sudden it was actually really pretty. Uh, and, and, and I had kind of a similar kind of a, a thing. So we found a great spot to set up camp. And then we're sitting there. And so we radioed in to Mike L.A. We said, hey, you know, L.A., we, we found a place. Here are the coordinates. Uh, we're giving you the green light to bring the rest of the team. And we'll, we'll, we'll start setting up camp here. And he said, okay, so now they're coming. So now, now we start building the fire. And Sergey taught me, because Sergey knew everything about this. He taught me how to build a, a huge bonfire uh, by using the lower branches of these fir trees that were the dead branches are down below. So you just break them off like, like snapping little twigs. Mm-hmm. And you get these big dead branches and they burn great. So we got like tons of mm-hmm. those things. We made a fire that you could see from space, right? We made this huge mm-hmm. fire. It was, like, it was like a pyromaniac's dream. We had this massive fire going. And then we're getting nice and warm and toasty in this beautiful spot. And then Sergey looks at me and he goes, get it. You ever take snow bath? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like... I don't think so, Sergey. Um, what what exactly is snowbath? He goes, I show you, and boom, he, <laughs> he strips down. Okay, to nothing but his boots and his socks. So he left his no, actually, he took his socks off. He's got just his bare feet and his boots, not a stitch of clothing on him. He's standing in front of me in his birthday suit, completely butt naked. And then he takes like five steps forward and he plunges like nest. He plunges like back into the snow. And he like jumps into the snow and he's rubbing it all over his body. He's rubbing the snow all over his body. He's rubbing it. You know, he's doing, he's doing that thing. And, hey. goes, and he comes back to the fire and he looks at me. He goes, ah, he goes, this is good. This is good. Your turn. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> like but I'm like, I'm like, I'm like Rocky, you know, with, with Yvonne Drago and, 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 uh, you know, uh, was that Rocky five or whatever? I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to let this Ruski show me up. So, so I, I'm like, fine, no. I'll show them how tough we are in Jersey. So I strip yeah. down, I take <laughs> off all my clothes, I'm down to just my boots, okay? <clears throat> and I take the five, I jump into the snow. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm never going to father any children. This is going to kill me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that is a terrible idea. But I get in there and I'm, I quickly, I did, and I rub it off, and then I, I get back by the fire, and, it, and the two of us are standing there in our boots and nothing else in front of the fire, Feeling pretty refreshed, I gotta say. I gotta give it uh-huh. to Sergey. It actually worked. Yeah. But then the radio crackles, and I hear Colin. Right, the the Colin guy goes. He goes, Sergeant uh, North. Sergeant North. Sergeant North. He yeah. goes, 
Recky Team One. Recky Team One. This is Sergeant Norris. I need a sit rep. I need a situation report. Wait, give me a sit rep. And I look at Sergey. We're still standing there butt naked. And uh, uh, I pick up the radio. And I'm like, uh, Sergeant Norris, this is Recky Team One. Recky Team One is butt naked and rolling around in the snow. Recky Team <laughs> One out. <laughs> <laughs> And, and there's just silence on the radio. L.A., I, I, you know, he said that they were all rolling around laughing. They heard that on the radio, but they didn't. They, they didn't. And, and I found out later that uh, the instructors were watching us the whole time. They were like, yeah, no, they, they, they were like, yeah, they, they, That's right. So they yeah, saw they, the two yeah. of us out there rolling around naked in the snow and they they decided to have a little fun with us. But yeah. Yeah, they were always <laughs> they were very sneaky. They were yeah. always watching us. I think part of it was to observe us. To see what we were doing, you know, but mm-hmm. also I had to make sure nothing would happen to us because NASA wanted the, their astronauts back after this whole experience. Um, yeah, the no, other thing that, I remember was, was remember they, they we asked them like what uh, of this equipment because equipment the mucklucks the sleeping yeah. bags they had some really good equipment, and we asked like which of these things can we keep, you know? Yeah, and it, the answer was that only the things that touch your skin. So like I still yeah. have a bunch of really good Helly Hansen thermal underwear and like. A, mm-hmm. a nice Canadian Army toque, you know the hat. Yeah, I got the toque. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I and I and I was told that one of the cosmonauts, not Sergey, but one of the previous cosmonauts, uh, said, "Oh, we could keep anything that touches our bare skin." They're like, "Yes," he goes. He offered to drive the snowmobile naked across the lake, okay, <laughs> all the way naked in minus thirty degrees. You know, if if he could keep it. <laughs> And they said, no, nah, that's not the deal. That's 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 yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah, but I remember I think I don't think we had those Holly Hansen things. I think I think I went on maybe one of the earlier ones of these. And so they didn't have the oh. and I think people had made suggestions. The stuff they had for us, the underwear was like this old long underwear <laughs> that like my grandfather wore as a prisoner of war or something. I had this is this terrible <laughs> stuff. I can't imagine, you know, just like those long johns kind of thing. Yeah, we had this, we had this picture. Yeah. My, my grandfather, now to, to tell you what I'm thinking, that was a prisoner of war in Italy. He was uh, he was a, he was oh, in really? the Italian army in World War One, and he got captured. And they have the we have these pictures of him when I was a kid. You know, my grandmother had these pictures that they would send. I guess at the Geneva Convention. Of my wait, 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 wait. If, if, you know, forget here. In World War One, were were was Italy were, were they good guys or bad guys? Uh, I think they kind of. I don't. I really don't know all the facts, and if I start saying it, we're going to get in trouble. But he fought uh, by that I think point they were in the war. Yeah. By that point in the war, whatever he was on, they were on the side of the Americans because the story is he was living in America. If I went, I found yeah. this on uh, when I looked up. I don't know why we're on this, but I was in. Uh, yeah, I was in. Uh, I went to Ellis Island. If you've ever, if your your yeah. family come through Ellis Island, yeah, my my, grand, so my, my grandfather, my father's side, yeah. So all right, so you can go and you can find you can find your your relatives records and my grandfather entered the united states twice once before the war and he went to the war and then he came back a second time Hmm. and uh anyway i think he was given the choice of either fine like fighting on the american side or the italian side when he was drafted and he chose the italians yeah he chose the italian side because i think i think what he said he thought the food would be better he's like (laughs) you know i think the italians got better food So he goes over there and then he gets captured by the Germans. And uh, my uh, grandmother apparently was a little irritated, not that he got captured, but he got captured as an Italian because I think if you're a prisoner of war, a, an American prisoner of war, you have a lot of benefits the rest of your life. You know, you're, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't really know if they had the same thing for, for the Italian army. Maybe they did. I'm not sure. But 
my grandma's like, you should have went in with the Americans. We would have got treated better. But yeah. But anyway, he was this picture. I could this picture of him that they took of him. You know that the you know as a as a prisoner with these with these overalls on. That's what I think was left over that we were wearing. You know, it was like that kind of style. Not that wow. we were. And I, I, wow. another one. I, my my family comes from a long line of prisoners of war. Just to add to this story, <laughs> my cousin Joe in the Second World War. My mother's cousin Joe was in uh, was in World War Two, and I was telling him these hardship cases. You know, they were, we're saying, "Oh, this was so tough and everything." And uh, he was in uh, cousin Joe of Brooklyn. You know, he was just—he uh-huh. was, you know, very. He always had a cigar, and he—I think at the end of his life, you know, when he got into his nineties, he wasn't allowed to smoke them anymore. He would just put the cigar unlit in his in his face, right? He just mm-hmm, over mm-hmm. with the cigar, he'd just chew on it. I don't know if that was any better. But I had just <laughs> come back from Cold Lake from this experience, and he's like, "What are you doing in NASA?" And I go, "Well, I just went on this this Cold Lake experience." He goes, "Really? What was that like? Tell me." I go, "It was really, really cold, and we had a." go walk of a mile to find our food and we had to tend the fire and he's looking at me like you know he's got this he's got the <laughs> cigar and he's just like look he's not like making fun of me or you know even wondrous he just had this like look and i was like there's something going on inside of his head that's a little different here you know mm-hmm. and i just picked mm-hmm. something up garrett and i said cousin i go, joe you know you were a prisoner of war during world war ii weren't you he's like yeah why don't we talk about how hard that was? Tell me about that. We totally changed the topic. You know, here I am saying, oh, we had a yeah. sleep in a... Yeah. You know, he's like, what, are you crazy? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but he's just kind of... He didn't say anything. He was just, you know, like those World War II guys were, you know, just kind of looking at me like... I get out of my, like, my warm sleeping you know. bag and, 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 uh, <laughs> yeah, really. and turn the stove up and then get back into my was, warm sleeping bag. It, it was, was really tough. Terrible. Yeah. And it was for two whole weeks, you know. Yeah. So, but, uh, but yeah, we didn't... The gear we had, I remember getting pretty cold. And I did get frostbite on my on my uh, feet <laughs> coming oh, back. Really? It was really strange because my feet weren't feeling very good. But after a while, they got numb and didn't matter. But mm-hmm. when we got back to civilization, I remember going in a shower, like a hot shower, and feeling it on my feet. It, like freaked me out. My 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 feet were all messed up. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the Canadians weren't alarmed. Like, oh, that comes back after a while. It might take a couple <laughs> of years. And it did. That, I mean, they were normal happens, after about two years. That happens every every. Every time we go play yeah. hockey, that happens, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're like, don't worry, it'll come back after a while. It might take a few years, yeah. and it took a yeah, couple of years, and then and it was okay. But, uh, yeah, that was it. You know, we were out there wow. doing – I remember brushing our teeth was very, very important. Uh, yes. I, you know, very important to do that. We didn't have to shave, and bathing was optional, except I wish I would have known about the, the, the thing you did with, uh, with Sergey. That sounds like a better way to – then the contraption that, that Shamatov uh, said, it was like something out of, I don't know, like yeah. one of those – like petticoat junction movies or something it was like a weird no, kind of weird kind of like uh yeah you know. the snow bath turned out to be turned out to be quite pleasurable actually and and i and and, mm. and i went on to successfully father two children so i, I you know it turned out okay and the kids uh, <laughs> i i know those kids they're good kids yeah they're 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 it worked out i don't think they were too uh detrimentally affected so yeah but yeah. these are all these are all these fun experiences and those canadian army guys man there was something else. Sergeant Norris was something. I remember he kept Hats saying, off. do not, he's like, don't lose anything. He, he's, he's, do not lose your leather man. As he called the leatherman. Do not lose your leather, leather man. man. He goes, Charlie Quee, called Charlie Camarda, who we've referred to in other episodes, mm-hmm. another New Yorker, was out there apparently the week before. He called him Charlie Queens. Was, he's from <laughs> Queens, New York. He goes, yeah. Charlie Queens lost his leather man. <laughs> do not lose your leather man with this big giant mustache. Do not yeah. lose your leather man. 
You don't want you don't no. want Colin making an example of you. So sorry. No. So and we we should wrap this up. Alive. Where we should we're wrap done. this up because because I really here. really have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and we're not in Cold Lake. In Cold Lake, that wouldn't be as big of an issue. I know, but in Cold Lake, I wasn't drinking all this. Yeah, you, you have to be civilized here. You got to go in the right place. All right, all right, Garrett. So that's good. Thanks for sharing all those stories, man. I, I enjoyed likewise uh, hearing about that Cold Lake experience that we both. I want to hear. I, you know, sometimes some, maybe in a future episode, I want to hear more about your family. Your family is is uh, sounds incredible. I, I got to hear some more stories about. Uh, about oh, those will being... come up naturally. Yeah, I'll keep okay. bringing them up. Those are. Those right. come, that was Uncle Joe. I'll tell you one more Uncle Joe story. Not Uncle no, Joe's no, cousin no, Joe. No, no, save it. Save I got to tell him now. I, I got to no, tell him. I got to go. You're, you're, no, just. I got to go. Your pants. Be your pants. No, no, so he's got. No. So he's telling me about what he's doing. I, Joe, what are you up to? Right? Joe, what are you up to? And he says, he goes, oh, I go fishing once in a while. And he's telling me fishing stories. And he goes, I'll never forget. I went fishing with your cousin Robert off at uh, the pier over there in Brooklyn. You're like in East Rockaway or something. I go, what happened? He goes, your cousin came up. He was like, he was pulling this thing up. We thought he had a whale. We had a, he thought he had a whale. He kept pulling, pulling. I go, I go, you know, what a whale. Oh, you must have got a whale here, Robin. We're pulling, pulling. I go, what was it? He goes, he caught a gun in a bag. That's what you get when you go, when you go fishing off uh, that, you know, that area in Brooklyn. Yeah. I go, what'd you do? He goes, oh, we, you know, we called the police. Anyway, Garrett's got to go. <laughs> it's time for us to sign off. Thank you for yes. listening. Those of you who made it through. Thank you. And Thank Garrett, uh, get get to do what you need to do. I'll meet you back here in next episode. All right, all right. Thanks, everybody. All right, man. Thanks, thanks. For We're two funny us on astronauts. Two. Thanks for listening. Go ahead. Funny you astronauts. Can do it. There we are. All Talk right. to you later. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.